What's your prayer life like? The next step in the enemy's plan. This week on From From the the Clay to Christ. All right, so jumping right in this week, we've got a lot to cover, as usual. We are on number four, so the scripture to keep in mind this week is rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. First Thessalonians six, sixteen through 18. So step four, after you've gotten yourself in favor with the leadership of the church, then you're in the spot to start the next phase of the plan, destroy or pollute the prayer base. Offer to lead prayer times and keep the people focused on their own needs, wants, and desires. This will effectively get them to focus on themselves and forget to pray for their church, community, government officials, and the lost. Which I want to stop there because we just spent a couple weeks ago talking about praying for yourself. Mm -hmm. You should. It's biblical to do so. Yes. But to not primarily focus upon yourself. Mm -hmm. So There's got to be a balance. There's a good balance. I wanted to clarify that before we went any further. Yeah, and you know, I don't know about you, but the Holy Spirit will lead you in prayer and tell you, you yes. know, what to focus on. So, yeah, and we'll get into that a little bit later there. So, um, this will effectively get them to focus on themselves and forget. I already did that. Uh, if anyone insists on prayers for those, keep them shallow and ineffective. Whenever possible, suggest fewer prayer times or amount of requests taken. If you have a lot of influence, you can even suggest and and succeed at stopping a night that is specifically geared for prayer and suggest using it for something else less effective but more time-saving. Make the suggestion that instead of prayer meetings, maybe choir practice or Bible study or even family time, anything but prayer. That is the one thing that leads our master's enemy revealing our presence. That is the one thing that leads to our master's enemy revealing our presence, not just in their church, but in the community, the plan. So prayer is seen as incredibly important by the enemy. So basically, if we can't be stopped, if we can't be stopped, make it ineffective, which really is the key to all the steps we have seen so far. If it can't be destroyed, at the very least, make it ineffective, right? Mm-hmm. So, our enemy has come to a realization that real, fervent prayer changes things. Uh, James 5.16b <laughs> says, The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Avail there means to have or exercise force. So, if you know that someone you are fighting has a powerhouse finishing move, remember, what was that video game? Uh, Is it Mortal Kombat? Yeah. Get over here. Mm -hmm. So if they have this finishing move, you're going to be at the least, uh, see, you're going to have at the very least keep them from making that move with all the force that they have. So you do what you can to distract them. So real fervent, mighty prayer is key. As believers, we must first accept what Christ did on the cross for us. Then we must read and study his word and walk in the word. And the Holy Spirit. So walking in the word means to not only live it, but speak it. And Mm -hmm. speak it through testimony, through prayer, and really any situation that comes up in life. Because the word will always apply. Yes. How many times have you heard somebody go, the the Bible's so outdated. (laughs) No, it's really not. I used to be one of those people. But no. 
God's so out of touch with us. His word's so out of touch. Uh, no, think nope. again. It's a very living word. Mm-hmm. It applies to everything today. Yes. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Romans ten seventeen. I've known people that when they're reading the word by themselves will read it out loud to hear it as well. Have you ever heard of anybody? Mm-hmm. Oh, I think it's good because you're hearing it in... For one, and two, because it's much harder to skim through the word and skip over things. Right. If you're reading out loud and you start skimming, you're like, that don't make any sense. And then you go back and start over. Mm -hmm. To where if you're just sitting there skimming through, you don't get anything out of that. Right. But prayer has to be seen as more than, okay, God, I need this. Do it and let me know when it's done. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He's not a short order cook. No. (laughs) So first of all, our wants are not always needs. You have to keep that in mind. Secondly, God isn't part of the mob. You know, call me when it's done. Right. And lastly, just like the old TV show, I'll change the title a bit, The Father Knows Best. Right. <laughs> right. So we have to remember that in church, prayer, and the preaching of the word, it must take priority over everything. A church will stay standing without activities. It'll stay standing without music. And it'll stay down, standing without all other things, but it will not stand without the Word. It won't stand without prayer. It won't stand without the Holy Spirit. And it won't stand without Christ being the center of it all, period. Correct. Uh, we've all heard the quote, failure to plan is planning to fail. And while there's a lot of truth in that, there's a quote that trumps that quote, which uh, that's failure to praise, failure in all of life. So we get busy doing those churchy things, choir practice, mm-hmm. uh, work days, outings for the youth, lesson planning, uh, practice for the praise and worship team, the board me- meetings, community outreach, all that stuff. And I'm not saying those are bad things. They're all good things. But uh, are we doing it to reflect the love of God and celebrate what Jesus has done for us? Or are we doing it to look good in someone's eyes? and to take that praise for ourselves. So, again, putting this in real terms, a mouse and even a snake can get into your house. I don't care how new your house is. Mm -hmm. I don't care how old (laughs) your house is. They're going to get in through a crack in the foundation. Yep. So Satan gets in the same way. He'll enter through that little teeny tiny crack in the foundation And if you're saying, well, prayer is not that important since God knows everything I'm thinking anyway. Or he knows what I'm doing all this stuff for him, so he's fine with me. Right. (laughs) Then little by little, things start to crumble. And before we know it, our focus is so far off, we don't even recognize who we are anymore. Right. So the church ends up turning into a social club rather than the place of prayer and worship. And I'll even take it a step farther. The church can also turn into a business mm-hmm. rather than prayer and worship. So uh, Jesus takes prayer very seriously because that's how we communicate with God, just plain and simple. Mm-hmm. Uh, Luke eighteen one, Jesus said, "Men ought to always men ought always to pray and not lose heart." The word "ought" means it's a duty, an obligation. For example, how long do you think a marriage will last if there's no communication? Right. How long do you think any relationship, 
is going to last if there's no communication. At best, the strength of that relationship will be extremely weak if it exists at all. Right. So uh, remember how I said a few weeks ago that God will not override someone's will. The reason Satan attacks prayer is because he knows ineffective prayer hinders God's work in our lives and in the church, leaving us susceptible to Satan's attacks. Yeah. And the key word there is ineffective prayer. Ineffective. Yep. And we cannot allow ourselves or the enemy to convince us that prayer isn't that important. Mm -hmm. Uh, In fact, the enemy has already gotten in if you feel like prayer isn't important. Right. There's no relationship at all whatsoever that will last without communication, like you said. And if you Mm -hmm. think that you and God will last without communication, I'm just going to say this the nice way. You're an idiot. You're nicer than I am. Those... Those kind of people are the same people that if you don't talk to them for a day or two, mm-hmm. uh, they think they start freaking out. They're getting depressed or mad at you. They think you're mad at them or they're mad at you or whatever. Mm-hmm. They think the whole world's ending because you didn't send a text or make a phone call on that one day. Drama, drama, drama. Yeah. But they'll they'll go days, weeks, months, years. Without talking to you. Without talking to you or God. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they required of someone else, but not of themselves in the relationship and communication with God. But in this part of the plan, if you run across anyone who suggests cutting back on prayer to make room for more entertaining things, red flag, mm-hmm. big red truck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I'm being a little sar- sarcastic, but seriously, I mean, seriously, yeah, <laughs> we wouldn't be having this conversation if these things weren't actually taking place. Mm-hmm. But anyway, this is from the Warrior Bride. There are some tough questions leaders involved in deliverance ministry and spiritual warfare training must ask themselves. And I wanted to cover this part, and we'll get into the reason why here in a minute. But um, where are I, where are our eyes fixed? We have become more fascinated with the supernatural than with the Savior. Mm-hmm. Are we subtly and mistakenly teaching saints that God and the devil are equals by devoting too much time to exposing the demonic realm? Are we constantly trying to cast evil spirits out of people without teaching the church that most things are flesh and must be cast down? Mm-hmm. Is there a place for exposing the strategies of the Satan uh, and destroying his works? Yes. And we have to be, we have to have a good balance. Mm-hmm. And continuing with prayer, we can't stay so focused on the enemy and the attack that we forget to take care of ourselves in the battle. Right. And this is done through prayer and studying the word. Even in the military, they know soldiers must have rest time and a time to recoup. Mm-hmm. We cannot be battling all the time and allow ourselves to be worn down because no matter how much you know, you will not have the strength to carry on if you don't take the much-needed time to hang out with God. Right. Uh, first of all, the battle is not ours. It's God's. We are to be aware of it. We are to be wearing the armor at all times. We are not to turn a blind eye to it. And we are to be in constant communication with God as to what the next step is, but we do not have the power on our own to fight it. And we've said it over and over and over again. We are only involved in it when God says so. Mm-hmm. Because it is at that time that he knows we have all the tools necessary to not fail. Right. We have to remain and stay focused on the supremacy of Christ. Satan is not equal in power to him. But people's fear... Give Satan power. And we must know who Christ is, and we must know who we are in Christ. 
So a lot of people think, well, Satan's this big, powerful thing. He's not. He's only as powerful as the power we gave him. That's what I was going to say. You know, you, you hear that through dealing with people, you know, growing up. That person only has the power over you that you're willing to give to them. And it's the same way in spiritual warfare. Mm-hmm. If you're giving Satan more power, guess what? If you're giving God more power, guess yeah. what? So the only difference is God's not going to override your will. Satan knows how to override your will. Yeah, and, and, and God really does have that power. Yeah. Uh, Satan, he just puts on this facade of having mm-hmm. the power. Yeah. Um, now, I'm not going to say he's powerless. He does have some, but uh, it's only a, the amount that we give him. Right. Because our authority trumps any mm-hmm. power that he has. Yeah, forget what the Pope's exorcist yeah. and that authority displayed. <laughs> is the Christ is the the authority that we have is the authority that Christ has given us. It's not our own power and authority. Right. But I mean I think we talked about it before where I ran into people that are deathly afraid of these shadow figures that are very real mm-hmm. and people see them and you can't get rid of them. Uh there's a couple shows we watch and that one she's a psychic medium and Oh, if you if you see a shadow figure, you're done. Your life's over. There's no co- combating that. And I was like, I, I'm sorry, but there's not a scripture that says that God's given us all power and authority over everything except the shadow figure. Right. <laughs> it just it doesn't work that way. Right. But Satan, the biggest power that he has is the fear that he throws at you and puts on you, that spirit of fear, which we seriously need to cover. Mm-hmm. Um. But that spirit of fear can be just so power, uh, paralyzing that you don't think there's anything you can do. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's just not the case. It's a bluff. Right. Uh, John Piper described our urgent need for a revelation of the supremacy of Christ instead of an unhealthy fixation on the devil and his demons. He says people are starving for the greatness of God, but most of them would not give this diagnosis of their troubled lives. The majesty of God is an unknown cure... There are far more popular prescriptions on the market, but the benefit of another, any other remedy is brief and shallow. Preaching that does not have the aroma of God's greatness may entertain for a season, but it will not touch the hidden cry of the soul, show me your glory. Mm-hmm. It's not the job of the Christian preacher to give people moral or psychological pep talks. <laughs> no, it's not. No. About how to get along in the world. When, when what is needed, someone else can do it. Or when that's needed, someone else can do mm-hmm. it. But most of our people have no one, no one in the world to tell them week in and week out about the supreme beauty and majesty of God. Right. So pretty much, if the preaching and teaching being brought forth is not bringing you to a place of growth and change, there's a big problem. Right. Huge. 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 And it's either with you or it's with the preaching and teaching bring, being brought forth. Right. There is no one that has come to the end of themselves, <laughs> and there is no one that is exempt from the application of God's word. I am reminded of what we cover in the Conceal Carry classes, and it's called the Warrior's Creed, the Ethical Warrior, by Robert, Dr. Robert Humphrey. He was a rifle platoon leader at Iwo Jima during World War II and a Harvard Law School graduate. Wherever he went, he tried to live by what he called the Warrior's Creed. Wherever I go, everyone's a little bit safer because I'm there. 
Wherever I am, anyone in need has a friend, and whenever I return home, everyone's happy I'm there. So wherever I go, everyone's a little bit safer because I'm there. As self-defense skills advance, so does your responsibility for restraining yourself. <laughs> right. How often do we? Yeah. Mm. Uh, never seek to intimidate anyone that serves. That serves no beneficial purpose. Look for ways to make every situation safer for everyone. Wherever I'm at, wherever I am, anyone need has a friend. Everyone you meet needs you to be responsible with the knowledge that you have of what it means to be a warrior. That line right there just, yeah. yeah. Making enemies is easy. Making friends is far more valuable. Look for every opportunity to be a friend, especially to those in need. And then whenever I return home, everyone's happy I'm there. One of the most accurate gauges of your attitude about being an intelligent warrior is whether your family is glad to see you coming in their direction. <laughs> right. <laughs> they, more than anyone else, should say it is safer because he or she is here. And I know that applies to self-defense situations, but it also applies to spiritual warfare as well. And it also applies to church. Because mm -hmm. I was thinking about that when I wrote that out. <laughs> is there people in church that are happy when I come over to talk to them? Yeah, that's a good thought. You know, right? trying to be friendly, or do I have this warrior mentality and I carry myself that way a lot? Mm -hmm. So, in reading that today, I've got some changes to make. <laughs> yeah, me too. So, and we all do. Yeah. Um, when we can't forget that there are other people involved and that their spiritual safety and end is just as important, if not more important, than their physical safety. Right. So. And I'm going to point the finger at myself in regards to, and this is kind of changing directions a little bit, but talking about the busyness of life, uh, most know that I'm in school full time and thank God it's the final semester. I think I'd be dead if it weren't. For uh, real, the final? Yes. <laughs> uh, <Yeah. laughs> but I also have a full time job. Recently, I became a first responder and as of yesterday, hired a stage crew for the AMP and Walmart or the Walton Arts Center. <laughs> Not to mention two podcasts, yeah, church, Tucker Family Band, and the Praise and Worship Team. Yeah. And then still maintain relationships with family and friends. So how do I do it? And I have to admit, yesterday, I started feeling overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very overwhelmed. And... uh which I had to quickly, they were lies. It's like, you'll never be able to accomplish this. You're, this is not going to be good. This, this, that, and the other. It was all negative, negative, negative. Mm -hmm. So I had to refocus. And I, you know, has, I've been praying several times, you know, I don't want what I want. I want what Jesus wants. It's like, you guide, you direct if you don't want me to take on these things, just tell me and I'll drop them like a hot potato. But uh, the only way that you're going to make it through, and we all have busyness in our lives. Yeah. We all do. Uh, we have to stay focused and keep Jesus first. And honestly, he's the only reason that I'm able to get through the day without being stupid or worse. Yeah. But uh, even in the midst of all the busyness, it's easy to get sidetracked, and failure to focus on the majesty of Christ will get anybody, including me, in the big-time trouble. Yep. And we need to 
just spend time because he wants to talk to us as much as we talk to him. Yeah. So. Well, and then just what you're saying there, there was, I think, what, a year or two ago, I had to step away from some things mm-hmm. just because, um, and I won't mention this supposed teacher's name, but she did bring out a good point. Are you being busy? Mm-hmm. Are you just busy? Or are you being fruitful? Right. And so if it's just busyness is taking up time in your life, mm-hmm. then it's time to refig, you know, kind of take yep. a step back and take a look at things. But, and I had to, mm-hmm. but now God's starting to kind of open some doors back up, which I love. Right. It's cool. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. And I have to look at these things as an open door because you don't know where it could lead. But oh yeah. Anyway. And like I said, this is I'm, my income is not dependent on this stuff. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, but the world is full of crazy, nasty stuff, and we're teetering on the brink of World War Three. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got the 2024 election and all the crap that goes along with that. No, we actually have one. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's another question. A tanking economy because the leaders just spend, spend, spend with no beneficial results. Don't worry, we won't run out of money. We'll just print more. Yeah. (laughs) Other countries are eyeing this nation for attack at any given time. And, I mean, everyday lawlessness gets a little bit worse than the day before. Yeah. And it's just a mess. And now that I've cheered everybody up for the evening. Yeah, thanks. You're welcome. (laughs) But here's the icing. God is still in control. And nothing has caught God off guard. And in fact, the Bible even warns us about this kind of stuff in the last days, which I believe wholeheartedly that we are in. So none of this should be catching us by surprise either. Yeah. But God is still working. God is still running things. But like I said, he has to have permission to work in each and every one of our lives. And again, he will not over override anybody's will. So it's kind of like what I talked about. Um, you know, people keeping God out of, you know, prayer out of schools, good example. Yeah. And then, well, what kind of God would allow all these school shootings and the things that's going on? Well, remember, you kicked him out of school. Yeah. Okay. So. That's like firing your boss and getting mad because he didn't give you a raise. Right. (laughs) It makes no sense. So the more God wants to work, the more the enemy will be attacking. And it's important to educate But at the same time, don't forget who is on the throne. In other words, we cannot fight the enemy on our own, and we weren't meant to. It's by and through the blood of Jesus that we're victorious. Yes. And that's the only way. So our pastor stated this week, there are three spirits that are in constant operation with people. One is human. We all have it. Yeah. Demonic. Sometimes it's worked through us. Yeah. And the Holy Spirit. So if you're a Christian, you cannot be possessed by a demon because you're possessed by the Holy Spirit. There's some people that can't get that through. Yeah. So, and I think it's just out of a fear thing. Um, so you can be oppressed. You can be influenced by a demon. Most of the time, though, we're influenced by the human uh, or the flesh, whichever, however you want to refer to it. So 
think about it next time you react to a situation. And you'll find out real quickly what spirit is influencing you. And that's why it's important to be aware and have your spiritual armor on at all times. Yes. So to go back to what you were talking about with the possessed by the Holy Spirit. Okay. Mm -hmm. So we keep talking about this. So the scripture is Matthew twelve forty four. He said, Then he says, I will return into my house from whence I came, and when he has come, he finds it empty, swept, and garnished. Mm-hmm. Then he goes and takes it, and this is where the, un- the unclean spirit was gone out of a man. Right. So if we go back up to 43, verse uh, Matthew twelve forty three, When the unclean spirit has gone out of a man, he walks through dry places and seeks rest and finds none. Then says, I will return into my house from whence I came out, and when he has come, he finds it empty, swept, and garnished. Then he goes and takes him with himself seven other spirits more wicked than himself. They enter in and dwell there, and the last day of the man is worse than the first. Even so shall it also be under this wicked generation. So, if this unclean spirit that was in this man got kicked out, mm-hmm. because the thing is, God may require you to get rid of some things in life. Yeah. But he doesn't just tell you to get rid of something. He brings something else back in mm-hmm. to fill that spot. For this reason right here. So something else that's not mm-hmm. of God can't move back in. Right. So when we are saved, these unclean spirits get kicked out. Mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit moves in. Nothing else can come and dwell there. It's like a breath of fresh air. Yes. Yeah. So that's why we say that a Christian cannot be possessed because the Holy Spirit lives there and he Mm -hmm. won't let anything else back in there. Right. Now, you can be outside influence, spiritually oppressed, Mm -hmm. but you cannot be possessed. Right. So forget what Hollywood told you. Yes. If you're a Christian. I will put that. If you're a Christian. Yeah. And if you have a bad day and doesn't make you unsaved mm-hmm. and the Holy Spirit doesn't move out on that day where you can be possessed in the middle of your salvation because <laughs> you had a bad day. If that were the case, we'd all be in trouble. <laughs> yeah. And there are times, there's also times when you were talking about the other deal where I react a certain way and the Holy Spirit's like, hold up, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's fix this. Yeah. And it puts the flesh under a little bit of grief because the spirit inside you is saying you need to fix this right and the flesh is like it's embarrassing Mm -hmm. these people are going to think i'm stupid but i got to do what i got to do so we do it and sometimes it takes a little bit more time than others because we've got to get fixed first right so and then we can move forward that's the other thing i screwed up Holy Spirit convicted me. We fixed it. Now I'm moving forward. Yeah, move on. Don't dwell in it. Yeah. He didn't fix it for you to sit there and dwell in it. (laughs) Yeah. But you have to be listening, and we have to want to react the way that God wants us to. Hebrews 12, 11 says, Now no chastening for the present seems to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. Some of what righteousness means there is integrity, virtue, purity of life, rightness, correctness of thinking, feeling, mm-hmm. and acting. So when we're in communion with God habitually, not once a week or whatever, 
We will come into and walk in the right way of thinking, acting, and feeling. And it's, again, it's easy. <laughs> it's easy, but it's so hard. I know. Because mm -hmm. all we got to do is just spend a little bit of time with God. Yeah. But if we think about how we want to be treated in a relationship, and we apply that to our relationship with Christ, it's really not that hard. No. Because he just wants to be treated the same way we want to be treated. Mm-hmm. How are we okay with nobody talking to us? We're not okay with people ignoring us. No. We're not. And you can say you are, but you're lying. Uh, yeah. That's <laughs> one of the I cannot stand to be ignored. Yeah. So. You say hi to someone and they just stare at you. Mm-hmm. Oh, whoa. I said something. <laughs> yeah. And then you get offended. And then, yeah. <laughs> so. But God doesn't really react that way to us, but at the same time, why are we putting ourselves in that position? We right. should want to. Mm -hmm. He's our father. Mm -hmm. So, um, wrapping up a little bit here. So far, we've covered four steps in the plan. Become an experienced member of the congregation. Identify and direct attacks against those with the enemy's power. Make yourself indispensable and build credibility. And then this week, destroy or pollute the prayer base. Uh, so we hope you will dig a little deeper with us this week. Take a look at your prayer life, as we will our own, mm -hmm. <laughs> and be hard-headed and tough enough to say, not today, Satan. I'm going to spend time with my Father God. There's nothing you can do to stop me. Right. When we begin to take the stand, Satan will fight us. But the more we put our foot down and ignore him and not God, it will be easier to say, it's time to talk, God, and everything else will just have to wait. Yep. So uh, we will have the scriptures used today listed in the description as well as the book references. We hope everyone has a good week. And until next time, keep the faith. Stay in grace.